The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Yappa Toy, and welcome once again to a Came From the Radio, the official Big Avocon. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via virtual distancing for a brand new year, because this is going to air in January of 2022. We have none other than uh, D-Life with Jenner G's, Jenny Feldy. Good evening, good evening. And we have uh, Fishy Sarcasm, Dominic Definition, Man Sperano. Hello, everyone from the secret bun- bunker, where <laughs> there is no COVID here yet. So on this week's show, we're going to have another Jay Burnley segment. Um, our senior correspondent, Charlie Salazino, who is uh, he's not here with us today, but he's still all right. <laughs> um, he so he's not a, with us, quote unquote, in spirit. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be, here, he'll be with us in spirit. Sure. He's always with us in spirit. Yes. That uh, makes him sound like he's dead. <laughs> so he's, he's going to have his uh, interview from the L.I. Who with uh, Mr. Poppentwist. And uh, Dominic Defensorano mm. has an extensive interview with um, writer, comic book writer, creator, Fabian Nicieza. Yeah, I think we, I think you said it right. Well, uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll never know. <laughs> it, <laughs> so, we got to go back to the tape. It'll tell us. <laughs> yes, and people listening can actually hear it, and then they'll know. It's like a bonus. So before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. It's morphin' time! The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of sci-fi.radio. That's sci-fi. What is that noise? <laughs> oh, not me. Oh, but... sorry. <laughs> <laughs> is that better? Was it a ruffling sound? Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sometimes I have flocks of flamingos that just run through my house. Wow. <laughs> also, I have papers because the news comes with papers. So if you want the news, <sighs> you're going to have to have the sound of papers ruffling. <laughs> the news is brought to you in part by the fine folks. The sound of papers does make it seem more official that this is like. Yeah, I'm news. shuffling my papers. This is a real news yeah. broadcast. Okay. Sci fi. Radio. <laughs> That's sci fi for your Wi Fi. As well as the fine folks of the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of celebrating over 20, I guess it's 26 years now. Well, still over 25 years. 26 years of pop culture myths and complex stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Their next convention is scheduled for January 29th of uh, this year, 2022. It's the Big Apple Trading Card Show. It's a one-day event. Tickets are on sale right now. And I'm going to give a shout-out to our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jaron Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Resident Media, Unjikon, Shadow Rabbit Art, The Hurricane, Yasmin and Ray, and Rosa. You want to have your own little shout-out, go to our website, www.camefrio.com. And there's a button you can support us and you can either become a patron for just a dollar a month or you can buy us a virtual pizza. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. So, Jen, take it away with the news. Sad news. Football coach and long-running sportscaster John Madden died recently. As of this recording, 
no cause of death has been announced. Now, he was the only sportscaster to work on all four of the major networks from 1979 to 2008. Do you guys play the Madden game? Remember the Madden game? I used to, yes. Are you going to be sad now playing the Madden game now? I haven't played it in, in years, but uh, yeah, it was it was weird how it was just he he was, he was like a pop culture icon beyond just a football guy to me. Yeah, he was. He was like I I never played the the game, but uh, he's in one of my dad's favorite movies, The Replacements, as himself. <laughs> so like that's what I always remember him from. I, I remember my first exposure was with um and the, the music video, me and Julio, with by Paul Simon. He he just showed up at the end, and they were making fun of him. And I was like, why are they making fun of this guy? Mm. And my and my brother of all people was like, hey, he's because he's a big time football guy. I was like, oh, mm. how about that? And then I saw him, you know, sports announcer as a football fan. I seen him announce the uh, sportscast games, and then mm. um you know playing the the, the actual game on, on the Nintendo Madden team. And then um, what I always remember from was the parody from Frank Caliendo on Mad TV, which was, I love that show, which was way better yeah. than Saturday Night Live. I actually posted uh, two videos of that on our Facebook page, so you can go check it out. One of the best oh, things yeah, I yeah. ever heard him say was like, I love it when a fat guy scores. Why? Because then you get a fat guy dance. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, God bless. He was 85 years old. It's a good and- one. Now for the more sad news. Actress Great. and singer Sally Ann Howes also died recently. No cause of death has been announced. While her career on screen, stage, and television spanned over six decades, I know her best as the female lead in the film Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. She was 91. Do you also know her best? Because I know her best <laughs> from Chitty Chitty well, Bang Bang. I, I just <laughs> said I know her. Do you think I would lie on radio? Do you think I would lie to the FCC, Mark? Do you think I would lie <laughs> to the FCC? No. No. You know, it's interesting how you're reading this news, Jen. It almost sounds like someone else wrote it. It does sound like someone else wrote it. It's funny. It I have it doesn't for so feel, nice. It doesn't feel like your natural candor. Well, you we have to just get to know me more. You know, after sundown, things change a little bit in this household. So chitty chitty bang bang. Are you guys gonna miss Miss Sally Ann? I gotta admit, no. I was a I was a fan of that no. movie and uh I had a crush on her as a kid, so yeah, I'll miss it. Well, as oh. I Google her and look at what she looked like way back in the day. I don't blame you for having a crush on her. Yeah, Mark has good taste. Are right, you guys ready for more sad news? We got two more pieces I, of sad news. Yeah, it's, you know, it's All a right, more dark sad December. News. I'm already got seasonal depression. Why not oh, put no. me over to hanging myself? Let's do it. Well, to cure seasonal depression, get up earlier and watch the sun. And also hear more sad news. Musician, songwriter, actor, producer, and novelist Michael Nesmith also died recently from heart failure. He was perhaps known as a member of the original 60s band, The Monkees, which itself was a parody of The Beatles and had its own TV series, which ran from 1966 to 1968. In a case of Life Imitates Art, they actually went on to perform as a real band with the members in one form or another all the way up till 2021. He was 78 years old. Wow. Does that mean, like, Davy Jones is... So, like, is... Peter Tork is also gone. Yes, just one left. So it's what Mickey Dolan's is yeah. the only one left. Wow, yeah. wow. He's hmm. the last remaining monkey. Wow. 
it's it's funny i used to watch the, the the show and i had no idea that they were they weren't a real man a real band and it turned out they turned into a real band and, yeah uh, well, that's, charlie, yeah charlie uh, senior correspondent to athlete, you know, actually saw them perform this year so he was like hmm. doing the farewell tour and he was one of the last ones to see him perform the last two of them yeah mickey dolan's would say it was like if leonard nimoy really became a vulcan well, yeah. that's what I say. You always make your best idea. You know, some of the best ideas come as jokes. So make your thinking as funny as possible. So they made an entire band as a joke, which my entire life is a joke. And then things become real. Yeah, well, that's true. It's funny, too, because like they tried to be a leg- they were a legitimate band. They turned into a legitimate band and they tried to be a legitimate band in terms of going out there. And famously, they to have as an opening act, they had Jimi Hendrix. Oh, and wow. They- and the crowd was like, the crowd came to see the monkeys. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix wasn't their cup of tea. This crowd. Wow, and they booed him off stage. Oh my God. Yeah. That's really, I can, honestly, that's really funny. That's really funny. Wow. Okay. Yep. Any closing thoughts on the monkeys or Michael Nesmith? That's all I got. Carry on. Carry people on. People just say they're monkeying around. <laughs> the final bit of sad news. Author Anne Rice also died recently after complications of a stroke. She was best known for her series of novels, The Vampire Chronicles, of which the film Interview with a Vampire came out of. She was only 80 years old. I Sadly, I thought she already had died. (laughs) Oh, you were having the mandala effect. (laughs) Wasn't she already dead? Nope. I just know my dad's office manager read a lot of Ed Rice books and she's a very smart woman. That's all I know. And they're about witches, right? A lot of books about witches. Vampires. No, they're about vampires. And they're the vampires, not witches? Interview, interview with a vampire. Yeah. Oh, she, was I a know? Vampire. she was a vampire lady. You know what? I don't even know how to read. So what do I know? Jeez. This is terrible that you're the one that's reading the news then. I know. I'm, I'm struggling here. I'm struggling here. I have a teleprompter all set up because I don't know how to read and I can't even read the teleprompter. So I have this, this uh, ASL mimer standing here in my living room, miming all the words for me just so I can understand it. So if it sounds a little jumbled, that's why. Mm. Yeah. So we're going to do the final bit of sad news. Mimer, are you ready? All right, here we go. Ready? <clears throat> sad news follow-up department. As mentioned in an earlier broadcast, voice actor, director, and producer Scott Page Pagter died recently. I don't know if I'm saying that right. From cancer. But now, according to his wife, Scott, in fact, died of hospital negligence. He was 52. Hmm. So that's a little interesting little tidbit of the information that came out. Yeah, the plot thickens on that one. A cancer or hospital negligence? Which one was it? Probably hospital negligence. I Yikes. hope that she gets what you know she rightfully deserves through with if this is the case. Yeah, 52. Man, well, we're hearing a lot of cases of that, and there's a lot coming out about hospital negligence. Lots of pros and cons on that one. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts on this before we go to some good news? Uh, it's been proven you have more, you know, it's more likely for you to die in a hospital. If you go to one. right, exactly. try and avoid the hospital whenever possible. Yeah, just go to the strip club. Don't go to the hospital, and you'll be all right. Strip clubs are infinitely safer. Strip Absolutely. clubs and libraries. Eh, you know what they should do? They should have a strip club library. 
Yeah, exactly. A strip club library because the quiet girls who are often strippers might work at the library. That's you never true. trust those library women. I guarantee you literacy rates would go through the roof. Hmm. What's on that? From it came from the radio. Just here first. All right. From the. That's a lot of nuts. Department. The new Spider-Man film, which is the second, third one, has held on to the number one spot in the domestic box office for the second week in a row, pulling in an additional $84 million, bringing it up to a whopping $495 million. I still haven't seen it. For those keeping track, Spider-Man has the record for biggest holiday opening and December opening with $260 million, beating out Star Wars Part 7 at $247 million, and only falling short of biggest opening of all times, which was Avengers Part 4 with $357 million. Experts say, right now, if you're under 35 and going to the movies, your first choice is Spider-Man. And your second choice is seeing Spider-Man again, says David A. Gross, who runs the movie consulting firm Franchise Entertainment Research. You can watch The Matrix later with someone who has HBO. That's how it is when a single movie is dominating the market the way Spider-Man is. Unless something happens this weekend or has already happened by the time this airs, the top five highest grossing films of 2021 are the aforementioned sing- second, third Spidey film, Shang-Chi at $244 million, Venom Part 2 at $212 million, Black Widow at $183 million, and F9 with $173 million. Keep in mind the numbers do not reflect any revenue made from said streaming services which goes back to hot Scarlett Johansson's lawsuit with Disney. Yes, I think Scarlett Johansson is hot. First of all, I should just tell you that uh, Disney owns everything. They have, what, four out of the five top movies of the year? Mm -hmm. Uh, Isn't that wild? uh, You know, people are like, no, I'll go see that. I will go. I guess guess Eternals didn't do that well. No, that was was quote-unquote a flop. Yeah, like I guess we can't blame it on the corona because all the other movies did well. Yeah, and it's so weird how Spider-Man blew everybody away. Like it's not yeah. even close. And I gotta say, Mark, your opinion is totally right because he says this news, which I did not write. <clears throat> Newsflash, anyone who's listening, Mark wrote the news. I'm reading it clearly. It says anyone under 35 wants to see Spider-Man. Yes, my boyfriend is under 35. He asked me to see Spider-Man multiple times. What do I want to see? Matrix. Huh. And I'm over 35. Look at that. Look at that. I've Mark seen both. Ready. I actually won. I, I was willing to go brave the crowds and see it out in person. But then I watched um, The Matrix at home. Mm. In my opinion, Spider-Man's the better film. Wow. Mm. I don't okay. think that's controversial for anyone. Wow. <laughs> like the Matrix is okay. I felt um, The Matrix was like, it was two drafts away from being really good. Okay. It, two drafts? Like two like if they worked that script a little bit more. Wow. Like they had some good ideas. They had some real good um possibilities there. I felt that they gave um a good story as to how Neo and Trinity are alive. Because look, we know they're alive. We see them in the in the it's not a spoiler, you see them in the trailers, you know they're there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I felt they, they did pretty good, but like the first 30 minutes of the film is essentially Lana Wachowski using her characters to say, F you, I really don't want to do this movie. And then the other two hours of the movie is like, all right, fine. If I'm going to do this movie, I'm going to pack it with so much stuff that whether you love it or hate it, you're going to remember it. Wow. You think she didn't want to do the movie? 
I think initially she didn't want to do it. Right. I, I, I don't I don't think she did because there's that line that one of the characters said, like, well, our parent company, Warner Brothers, is making us do a, a Matrix 4 or they're going to pull our contract. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. So there, there is that line in, in the film to which I cannot help but feel that she took from an actual meeting that she was in in real life <laughs> and like, well, I'm going to put this in the movie just so everyone knows how I feel about doing Matrix 4. I would do that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah. You well, say maybe you I'll do it, that right? in this radio show. I yeah. did not. I want to. I want to see both. I haven't seen either. When you see it, you'll see the line. You'll see the first 30 minutes are basically... Very cool. Yeah, like, uh, why are we doing this? I don't want to do this. Why are we doing this? You can't make me do this. I don't want to do this. Like, fine. I'm going to do it. Very cool. Very yep. interesting. All right. We're going to go to the next piece of news. So we have the... like eight mm-hmm. minutes left. So you want to jump to the last one. Let's jump to the last one. The Just Because? Yes. All right. Last piece of news for the day, night, whenever you're listening to this show from the just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it department. Is this about giant dinosaurs? (laughs) Oh, Uh, maybe baby baby dinosaurs. Uh, Well, let's find out. Uh, (laughs) Professor. It it sounds very uh, Jurassic Park. Professor Homi, Homi Miyashita has created what he calls Taste the TV, TTTV, a device that includes 10 canisters of flavored spray that can work together to create varied tastes, which rolls on hygienic film over a flat screen TV for the viewer to try. Wow. Miyashita continues. The goal is to make it possible for people to have the experience of something like eating at a restaurant on the other side of the world, even while staying home. Wow. So I posted the video of it on our Facebook page. And Mm -hmm. essentially, that's what it is. It's this giant, it looks like a coffee maker. (laughs) And it has like, the the top part of coffee has like these little things and it shoots out stuff on a film, Mm -hmm. like a clear plastic cookie sheet, and it pulls over your screen and you can lick it and taste. (laughs) So you have to lick the screen in order to have this experience? Yes. Well, I mean, you could just lick the, lick the, the thing that comes out, but it goes over your screen, so you lick it afterwards. Oh yeah. wow! <laughs> you guys are gonna do this? <laughs> I'm not gonna go around licking TV screens. I will. No. Wait, wait, wait! You wouldn't go and lick a screen? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. I'll lick a TV screen, no problem. Okay, why? Because I want the full experience. Well, come on. I'm going to sell myself short and not get the full experience. Of course, I'm going to like the TV screen. I just bumped into my TV screen before and I felt, wow, I have such an intimate experience with my TV screen. You know, the second step would be to lick it. Oh, no, touch, touch, touch it. We did touch each other earlier tonight. And I was like, oh, that was interesting. I haven't bumped into my TV screen. So, yeah, licking would be the probably second step after touching, I'm thinking. You know, it's funny. They used to have um, smell-o-vision back in the days. Of, of of movie theaters, where they where they used to That's pump in sense of of things happening in the movies, so you can experience you know the aromas of what's going on, and they made a parody of that. Mm. And um, the Zucker brothers who made the movie Airplane, they made a movie called Kentucky Fried Theater, and they took it one step further, which was feelovision. So they had a guy sit behind oh. you, oh, and whatever you up. what was going on in the TV or in the movie theater 
what's happening to you? So if a person got hit, they hit you. No. Got spit. Yeah, it was the, that was the joke in, in the movie. So how many people Kentucky have Five. to go sit behind you? No, I'm saying it, but that was the joke of the movie. So, you know, you paid right, your ticket, right, right. you came and you sat down, and then they had somebody sit behind you and, and give you philo vision. So funny. And that was, you know, 100 years ago. And here we are talking about <laughs> vision. I got to meet this Miyashita guy. This is very interesting. This is very interesting. Flavored spray. Maybe you don't have to lick it. Maybe it sprays at you. No, no. It, it Like I said, it goes on this like clear plastic sheet. It's supposed to be hypoallergenic, you know, so it's, it's, it's safe to lick, especially yeah. in nowadays. <clears throat> and um, <laughs> it, it pulls over. So they, in the video, they show people on a date. So you can, you know, chase what the other person is uh, is cooking or you're watching a cooking show. Wow. Wow. I don't even know what to say to this. I, uh, you seem, I don't know. It's pretty cool. You seem fascinated by this for I all the wrong fascinated. reasons. <laughs> What's the right reason? <laughs> there, there's, no, there's no right reason. This is like when when uh, when the guy married a video game character. It's like it's so out there. I like out there. I I mean, look what's in there. You know, look what's in the box. It's not good. So what's in the box? Yeah, I wanted. What's in the box? It's not good. Not good. Dominic, you haven't chimed in on licking TVs. Yeah. No. (laughs) No. 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 Yes, just say yes. No, we're, we're we're actually on virtual screens right now. You're telling me you wouldn't want to lick to see what uh, Jennifer has uh, was eating. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually cooking something super awesome right now that someone has had two plates of during this call. I don't need to, and I'll tell you what. Tonight, I just had a delicious steak, so I'm good. And then, while I before I had the steak, I cooked myself a deli- delicious beef stew. A French style beef stew. So I'm good. Well, aren't you fancy? See, I am. So all our listeners <laughs> could, in theory, lick their devices and taste the steak that you made. No, you mm-hmm. can't. You can't. You're not. No, exactly. Not See, happen. we want to taste your <laughs> no. steak, Dominic. We want to no. taste your steak. You can't. You know why? <laughs> Ate it all. It's gone. It's mine. It's in my belly. Yeah, if we could lick the screen, then you can't you have know. a steak. Steak's mine. So you're depriving our listeners. Pretty soon, no radio show is going to c- carry on unless it, you can taste it. Well, you know, that's why radio is the theater of the mind. <laughs> theater of the tongue. Soon. I just... Yeah, disturbing. I just, yeah. I just hope that this will not become a thing. I hope it will. Uh, I hope it doesn't. <laughs> it's just like... And, and if if this is going to become a thing, then they might as well just go and try and make like a full-on holodeck, like completely immersive VR. Then fine. I mean, or just plug me it, into people... the Matrix now. Just plug me in now. Have you ever wondered what Spider-Man tastes like? No. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I mean, I have. I've gotten spider spider cobwebs in my mouth before, so I can kind of imagine, you know. I feel like it'd be really cool to taste it. No. All right. No. Well, agree no. to disagree. We have no. less than a less than two minutes to go. You want to you want to wrap it up, uh, there, Jen? Sure. Our final thoughts, Mark. Um, I remember when three D TVs was going to be a thing, and that fad went south real quick. 
Um, I remember the smell of vision. I remember the <laughs> the 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 vibration thing that they had like in horror movies. They they used to shake the the, the seat. Oh, it was like yeah. feral vision. So I do not want people running in the movie theater <laughs> up to the screen to lick it. Well, we can agree to disagree. And I say keep your taste buds pure by not having concentrated sugars and not using too many artificial sweeteners, artificial sweeteners. And uh, then you keep your taste buds pure. So natural foods like fruits and vegetables taste better if you don't keep altering your taste buds by having artificial fake foods. So that's a good way to preserve your taste buds. You forgot to throw it to Dominic. Yeah. Oh, no, Dominic should just uh, talk on his own. He's a grown man. He should know it's not. I'm just literally sitting here like, is she, she's not going to throw it to me. She's not, well, not going to throw it to me at listen, all. I see you she as an alpha please. man who can speak for himself, but now we know you're a beta man. So, Mr. Dominic, your final thoughts? First of all, I am not a beta man. Fine. I'm all man all the time. <laughs> just look at my beard. It's amazing. <laughs> Second of all, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. So my advice to everyone out there is go to patreon.com backslash fishy sarcasm, become a $1 a month patron for my comics. Thank you, because I'm poor. I need money. That's so, my final thought. Pay so me. with that, so with that, Jen, what, what's, what's the throwaway line at the end? So with that. Um, thank you for listening. <laughs> with um, that, we'll be right back with more. <laughs> it came from the radio. You. And it's called Mark didn't write it in my notes, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. Hey, I'm Mike Kingston, the writer and creator of Headlocked. And I am WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler. And guess what you're listening to? You're listening to It Came From The Radio! Celebrate 2022 at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin with the Marvel Comics event X-Lives and Deaths of Wolverine. And from DC Comics comes the series debut of Chip Zdarsky's Batman The Night. And from Image Comics, don't forget to get Aerosmith number one at Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. You can pre-order everything to make sure you get your comics. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 8, Thursday and Friday 2 to 7, Saturday and Sunday from noon to 5. That's Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin, located at 846 Merrick Road in Baldwin, New York. Happy New Year from Cosmic Comics! Hi, this is Aaron Gray from Buck Rogers in the 25th century, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio, the sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Now, back to our show. This is Charlie Saladino from It Came From The Radio, live at LI Who Presents Time Flight. And it is not a convention unless this man is there, a good friend of our show, Mr. Poppin' Twist. How are you? I'm doing great, Charlie. How are you doing? Pretty good. I've seen your handiwork around the tables and all that good stuff. Um, so, how's it going today uh, here? It's going good. I mean, it's, it's nice to be back. Um, obviously, conventions are still trying to get themselves, get their feet under them and see what's happening. Happening. So uh, this has always been a great show for me. I've had a good time. I've been doing this show. This is my sixth one of those shows I've been doing for them. 
um, and it's always a blast. You know, it's nice to work in a niche show like this because I know that most of the stuff I'm doing is going to be Doctor Who themed. <laughs> so I come in. Yeah, the variety is good. I can work with it. So now, uh, what have you what have you made uh, for uh, for the show so far? Uh, this weekend, I made uh, a balloon version of the Valyard. So if you know Doctor Who, I've now I think completed all my doctors. Uh, I think I have one more to do from the movies. Um, but I also did a Pating. I also did a, a monk from a season 12 episode. I did a, a Jadoon mask. I did a Cyberman head, and then a bunch of other things for kids like swords and rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> but I gotta tell you, unless you've seen Mr. Pop and Twist's handiwork, you cannot appreciate. Oh my God, he is amazing. I, I remember you did, and I will always bring this up. Wintercon, uh, that that giant, giant. What was it? The the, the Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Yeah. yeah, I did a full size Chewbacca for Peter Mayhew. That was a, that's a career highlight for me for yeah. sure. And a lot of balloons. It was a lot of balloons. Yeah, it was a lot of balloons. Yeah. yeah. For sure, it was uh, I, probably about thirty or forty balloons in there, just because I twisted them all around. So there's a lot to make it look like full and, and hairy. I had to do a lot of spirals, so yeah, everything took like two or three times. So now, if people want to see your handiwork or want to get in touch with you, because I know your availability is uh, plentiful. Yeah. So uh, right now, yeah. where do they do? Where do they do that, sir? Oh, no problem. You can go. I'm on all the social medias. I'm on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, TikTok. If you can believe it. Uh, all of them are Mr. Poppin' Twist. That's M-R-P-O-P-P-I-N-T-W-I-S-T. Uh, I'm available for all kinds of things. I, I do birthday parties and communions and christenings and private events, public events, conventions. And I'm nominated for three categories in this year's Best of Long Island. Yay! <laughs> so vote for him, damn vote it. Vote for me. Vote for me. In arts and entertainment section, you can't miss me. Uh, Mr. Poppins with Children Entertainer. Uh, what am I? Children and Event Entertainment Company. Long Island Personality. And Party and Event Company. Beautiful. Once again, my friend, it's, it's such a pleasure to see you. Good to see Thank you, you for the interview. Thank you for talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> always, always. This is Charlie Saladino live from LI Who Presents Time Flight. Back to you, Mark. <laughs> the Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jay Bird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about our Spotify Wrapped. Spotify Wrapped, the end of the year of like how much music and podcasts and other things like that you listen to. Yeah, on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's stuff that you look forward to seeing, right? It's kind of like a gift at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of my favorite things. Like, I was I was looking forward to it for, like, the past month, because this is one of my favorite things, like, knowing how many minutes I listened to, what my what the song I listened to the most was. Yeah, what your favorite pop song was for the year, yeah. how many new artists you listened to, mm -hmm. all this cool stuff. And I know it sounds like we're doing a Spotify ad, but it's really more or less the fact that we like getting this at the yeah. end of the year and seeing like, the data mm -hmm. like literally i'm obsessed with it 
<laughs> now, you, yeah, Miss Julie is a big time music hound. Okay, well, so wait, I had a, we know yeah. how many. I know how mo- long you listen to this. How much? How many minutes you spent yeah. on music, right? Mm-hmm. So let me tell you about how many minutes I spent, and then we'll go into <laughs> you because that's inhuman of what you did. It was very alien. <laughs> Okay, so I spent uh, average, I guess it was about 3,400 minutes the whole year of listening to music, which not many people, I guess, it's not a lot of music. It's not a lot of minutes, right? What, what did it it's work like out? two days. Two days, two to four days, right? Wasn't yeah. it? Okay, so about two to four days the whole year of music. And I like music. I listen to it when I can, but I also listen to it on like YouTube and stuff. So mm-hmm. it doesn't count because I don't listen to Spotify it's... the whole time. You, on the other hand, was how many minutes? Well, I want to start it off with I beat my goal of last year. Which was? Last year, well, I don't remember the amount of minutes, but last year I listened to a, a month of music. A this month, year, okay. I lost. I listened to three months of music. <laughs> and how so many that minutes? is uh, 105,920 minutes. OMG. <laughs> That's crazy. I like music. <laughs> you, but you must have been listening 24 hours a day, almost. If I did, then it would be a year of music. I guess that's true. I'm totally bad at math. So, yes, you listen to a lot of music. You probably, like, listen to it when you went to bed? No. No? No, I didn't keep it on when I listened to it. So when the- are you listening to How do you even get your schoolwork <laughs> done? I do it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, you're lucky you got good grades because otherwise that would be the number one thing to be eliminated from your nope. <laughs> from your uh, study diet. <laughs> um, so, what was your number one song of the year? Um, it was like "Fallen Down" by Toby Fox. It was like a one minute song. I listened to it two thousand one hundred and sixty times. <laughs> That's insane. Two thousand how many? Two thousand one hundred sixty. I wonder. Wow, that's that's a lot. Yep. Okay. All right. So, so f- like two days. And it's a one-minute song. Yeah. Okay. So that's two thousand and one hundred sixty minutes. Are there lyrics in it? No. Oh, so it's, it's like instrumental. An in- oh, it's an instrumental. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, I gotcha. Mm-hmm. So that was your number one song of the year. Yep. What uh, was your number one? Mine was, I think, Mammoth. Right? It was um, Distance. I really. Think. I think so. Huh. It was um, Eddie Van Halen's son Wolfgang had put out a couple of songs this year, and I was just listening to, yeah, Distance, I think it's called, over and over again. I don't know why. But again, it's <laughs> not like I, lis- I listened to like 40 times. You know what I mean? That was like my number one song. <laughs> my number one dance song was um, was Werewolves of London, which is not <laughs> a dance song. So that was kind of weird. Um yeah, uh, my top artist was the same one as last year, Grandson. Grandson? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Very I... disappointed I can't see his concert, but oh well. Is he touring here? Nope, that's why. Oh. Well, he's going with Imagine Dragons, but I mean, I don't want to see Imagine Dragons and pay, because like, him alone is like $20. Him with Imagine Dragons is like 200 so... Oh man, I don't not know. Not worth it. <laughs> Definitely not worth it, you know. Um Oh well, well hopefully he'll come to the city at some point and you could just you I know. hope so, or I'll just like go to New Jersey, hopefully. And, like 
Sam. All right. Well, <laughs> that's cool. Anyway, you enjoyed your wrapped Spotify yes, thing, right? Very much. All right. Me too. I liked it. I look forward to next year's or, yeah, next yeah. 2022's version. <laughs> so anyway. Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay connected. Ever wanted to enter the world of comics but didn't know where to start? Worry not, true believers. We at the Comic Book School may just have the answer to your questions. Created by comics veteran Buddy Scalera, the Comic Book School is a free online educational resource that helps rising creators learn the craft and business of making comics through resources like forums, interviews, publication opportunities, publisher guidelines, and step-by-step -step blog posts. For more info, please visit our site at www.comicbookschool.com. Be sure to join our forums and follow us on social media while you're there. We'll see you on the message boards. Now, back to our show. All right. Hello, everyone. This is Dominic Definition, Definition Man Sperano. God, I can't talk this morning. This, this is why we don't do the show early, Mark. Uh, and I with me right now is, how do you say your last name, sir? How do I say my last name, Dominic? You need to give it a try. I was going to say Nishieza, but... Eh, close, but not quite. Uh, Nishieza. Nishieza. Okay, so it's more of a silenter C. Okay. Fabian... Spanish. Nisiesa. Fabian, it's Perfect. a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you. It's great to be here. So very quickly, let's just sum up your amazing career in comics. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Please begin, sir. You began when? Uh, I started working at Marvel Comics in 1985. My first comic was published in 1987. Uh, uh, I've written... Uh, over a thousand comics that have sold over a hundred million copies. Uh, I've also done a lot of other stuff outside of comics, not the least of which is my first novel was published this year from Putnam Publishing uh, called Suburban Dicks. But in the congratulations, world, thank you. In the comics world, I am mostly known for uh, having written New Warriors, X Men, uh, Thunderbolts too, probably uh, uh, Cable and Deadpool, and having been the co-creator of Deadpool. So you're now, okay, you're the co-creator of Deadpool, but seemingly Rob Liefeld gets the credit. No, 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 no. You know why? You know why I know that's not true? Because I get the checks too. So clearly <laughs> I'm the co-creator of Deadpool. Um, so it's worked out just fine. Okay. It, 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 he can take as much of the credit as he feels he needs to take. But I, I could care less. I still get the checks. So you're just about like getting that money. Not all uh, about, no, not but just all. in terms uh, of like a, the work. Um, no, no, let's let's stop for a second. Now, I'm going to take the money since so few creators ever seem to get the money. Yeah. Uh, so I'm certainly not going to say no to it. Uh, what I'm really about, though, is is always trying to move forward and do new things and do new interesting things uh, and, and try to look back a lot less. Uh, the, the looking back comes as a result of everyone always wanting to talk about 30 years ago rather than me wanting to talk about what I'm doing next. So let's just get to what are you doing now and what are you doing next? Oh, well, uh, what I'm doing now literally this morning is, uh, is preparing the lettering script on a, a Marvel project uh, for their Marvel Unlimited app, uh, which is a digital comic uh, featuring uh, Deadpool and Juggernaut. Um, and what I will be doing later is proofreading work on a, a possible novel in progress. Uh, I've spent this year uh, kind of tinkering around on a couple different novel ideas that I had. Um, and and uh, also, uh, 
what I'm here for now, especially is the Outer Spacemen Kickstarter uh, campaign for the preview comic, uh, w- which I wrote uh, for my brother's company, which is Apex uh, Comics Group. Uh, my brother, Mariano Niciesa, is the founder, and he asked me if I'd be interested in working on a comic based on this old toy that uh, uh, we both remembered from when we were kids. Um, he remembered more than me because I was much younger at the time, but um, but it, it sounded interesting. I was willing to do my brother a favor, and then all of a sudden, I got sucked in and really started to enjoy myself. Uh, so so. Uh, I was super happy with the preview comic that came out that that, that we worked on uh, uh, along with artist Chris Batista, who did some absolutely phenomenal work on on this 16-page story. Um, uh, I ended up having a tremendous amount of fun, so now I'm kind of I kind of feel like I got sucked in because now I'd love to have opportunities to continue telling the stories of these characters. So you find yourself sucked in and now it's like 1030 on a Wednesday and you're on a, you're on like a zoom interview and you're like, how did this happen to me? How did this All- happen? How? Yes. Yeah, so, well, as, as with many things with my brother, he asked me to do something. I said, Oh God. Okay, fine. And then I end up enjoying myself more than I ever expected. Uh, he wrangled me into one a couple of years ago, which ended up being super rewarding. That was working on, uh, on, on a, a book adaptation of a poem that Stan Lee had written in the 70s uh, called, called God Woke. And we, we did a, a graphic novel adaptation of that poem. You're um, telling me, and hold on, you're telling me. super, super thrilled with how it came out. Um, Stan Lee wrote and, poetry? Uh, Stan Lee wrote, wrote, I don't know how much poetry, but he certainly wrote a poem in the 70s. Wow. That he also recorded. Um, and, and it was really, really smart. Um, soulful writing on his part and it was basically predicating the notion of what would happen if God came back to earth and what would God think of what is happening here and this was in the 70s post Vietnam post Watergate or during Watergate all that stuff um, and not that not that times have changed much and if God <laughs> existed what I would I don't think that 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 entity would be all that thrilled with what we've done with this planet to begin with um, but but the, the the comic book adaptation of it was a hardcover book that my brother produced um and and it was really really just a nice project and a good thing to get to work on in, in stan's later years because it was just a couple years before oh wow that, that's such a wonderful thing to be a part of now you mentioned your brother who got into comics first you hey, your he's, brother he's, he's although he'll deny it he's three years older than me um, and and I basically followed his lead. So when we came to this country from Argentina, uh, I was four years old and he was seven years old. And um, and he he's the one who led the purchasing of whatever we were able to purchase. You got it. We didn't have a lot of money when we first came here. And you got to understand comics were super expensive back then. They were 12 cents. Um, I know. So so he he started buying Batman and Superman comics because we recognized them from the television shows we'd watched in Argentina. And it helped us read English, learn how to read and write English faster. Um, and then a, a, some, a friend of his at school, in elementary school, told him, you don't want to be reading those comics. You want to be reading these cool ones. And that was like 1967. And those cool ones were Marvel comics. Mm-hmm. So my brother, wanting to fit in, decided we have to start trying some of these Marvel comics. So we bought Spider-Man and Fantastic Four. Um, and, and in the mid in, in the mid to late 70, uh, 60s, that's what we were getting. And then 
and then each of us started getting our own thing uh, based on our preferences and our individual tastes and likes. Now, just so for the audience to understand this, in 1965, when you started reading comics that were about 12 cents, the average gas price was 30 cents because people okay. are probably going probably just saying to themselves like 12 cents how much how could that be like so much money but in 1965 just so people understand 12 cents was a lot of money that wasn't and, and yeah it, it, we joke about it now but it, it, it's all relative based on inflation and based on how prices have, have increased on everything all goods yeah um, so so you know although a comic book now is 2.99 or 3.99 and that's comparable to a gallon of gas so clearly mm -hmm. <laughs> gas hasn't gone up in its own way as much as paper has gone paper up and comic yeah and, and yeah. the cost of creating it so uh, that's an interesting actual application of the, of the pricing isn't it to, to take a look at that um, yeah because like you say like oh it was a lot of money 12 cents and i'm i just got the feeling like people aren't gonna understand like like 12 cents was a lot of money especially if you didn't have money and you're new to the country like yeah or, or yeah or if you're getting a quarter a week allowance or whatever if you're yeah. a kid you know um it, 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 by the time you start getting a dollar a week allowance back then yeah you're yeah. almost a teenager you know <laughs> like so. so no i mean that just shows your devotion and love to comics now you said you and your brother like start going in your own different ways in terms of what you like to read did that mean you went into more dc or just in terms of the the heroes that you like to read about in marvel um pr probably the latter um I, I he 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 went he bought more dcs in the early 70s um because he followed jack kirby to, when he left marvel to the fourth world books at dc and, mm -hmm. and i didn't like the fourth world books as much because i was only about 10 years old um mm -hmm. when jack started that uh, but then I gravitated towards uh, things like Conan because I really loved Barry Windsor Smith's art and then uh, Jim Starlin on Captain Marvel. Um, and, and I just started following artists that, that I liked, um, inevitably uh, leading into writers that I liked. Um, I started buying Legion of Superheroes at DC because I love Dave Cochran's work. And he left soon after I started reading his work there, but then he ended up coming to Marvel. So I followed him on whatever odds and ends he was doing at Marvel until he started relaunching this, this book called X-Men. <laughs> and I followed him. I bought giant size X-Men number one from a 7-Eleven spinner rack, not because I was a huge fan of the X-Men, but because I was a huge fan of Dave Cochran. So it was his art in the book. Um, so, so each of us went our own ways. The one, the one we had, each of us had like one monthly book that was our mainstay. Every mm -hmm. month we got it, along with a couple sporadic things here and there. But his was Defenders, and mine was Avengers. So, so, and and quite frankly, they were very different books in terms of tone and style. Um, and and we shared our books all the time. Whatever we got, we read each other's books. We didn't hoard them. That's very loving between the two of you. I think he, that's he, awesome. Even back then, even in the early 70s, he always thought of it a little bit more as a collector's thing. He bought he bought stuff specifically because he thought it was going to be worth something quite often. And, and I did. That was I when it could stuff. be worth something. <laughs> yeah, the irony is I bought stuff because I, I thought it was really interesting or good and I really liked it. And inevitably, that's the stuff that ended up becoming worth more down the road <laughs> rather than the number ones he bought because he thought they were going to be worth something. 
Well, it just shows that you have good taste. Now, you mentioned that you're working not just on uh, or finished this project, Outer Spaceman, and you're doing the Kickstarter, but you're also doing uh, novel ideas now. I'm not going to ask you a question of like, which one is better, but what are you enjoying about doing novels and what are you enjoying about still doing comics? Um, the novel, the novel writing came really late uh, for me, mostly because anytime I tried, I wasn't satisfied with what I did and I lost it in, in fits of fury and, and drunken frustration, but I, except I wasn't drunk when I did it. I just was frustrated. Um, I know that and, as a creative person, I get that. Like, it's not what I want it to be. I have this vision. I have this idea. I'm not getting there. I'm frustrated. Yeah. It, literally that's exactly what it was honestly it, it, the 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 writing of my, my prose writing always felt like i was faking it um and trying to be someone else because i thought that's what i had to be as a right. prose writer. now we're not talking about me at 18 years old okay we're talking over the last 25 years and when, I, when i'm an established professional in not only the comic book field but in other fields as well doing making a living as a professional writer across a variety of buckets that, that I fill every year, you know, um, right. it's just that the pros wasn't clicking. And, and uh, in 2017, I said, if I don't try it now, I'm never going to try it or I'm never going to do it. And there was a few comic book related people who had um, published books recently at that time. So, so the impetus honestly was as much jealousy and and self-flagellation as it was anything else um and, and i started writing a book a book a book whose idea i'd had since like 1995 um and and i showed it to some people to read as i was going along and i got encouragement across the board i finished the manuscript uh in early 2019 it was never my main thing i was doing for that entire year um, I saw that sometimes I'd go a week or two without even hitting it because I had other work I had to do, you know? Um, and then I finished it, uh, an editor, uh, I paid an editor to read it and, and give me feedback on, on, on where to trim and cut and, and hone it. And she gave me fantastic advice that I ended up cutting a lot that I needed to trim. And I had an agent opportunity who was willing to look at it. And I knew how important that was because without an agent, it's really hard to sell a novel, um, much less a first-time novel from a first-time book author whose main, you know, credentials are comic book related, uh, much less writing a mystery novel, which is what this is, um, being that I'm mostly predominantly known as a superhero comic book writer. Mm. Um, and the, uh, the agency read it and loved it and had some suggestions for how I can cut it some more. So then I spent a few months cutting it some more. And, um, that we were at a point where I felt we were ready to take it out. And if it needed more work to be done on it, I needed a professional editor at a book company willing to buy it to tell me what to do. You know, I didn't right. to throw darts in the dark. Um, so in November of 2019, it went out to multiple publishers. The, the Having a big agent at a, at a big agency helped in that he put it in the hands of top level editors who have acquisition powers and major publishing companies. And quite frankly, all of this was already escalating way beyond what I ever thought it was going to be. I was hoping it'd sell it to a small mystery paper book publisher or something at most, you know? Mm -hmm. um, 
but we ended up in a bidding war and, and wow. the book sold at auction uh, and we decided to go with Putnam Publishing, which was a nice symmetry because Put, uh, Putnam Berkeley was the company I first worked for out of college uh, before I started working at Marvel. Uh, so, so I was there for a little over two years when I first got out of college. Um, and, and the book was published this, this uh, June uh, and it got tremendously positive reviews. Uh, it's been selling really well, uh, not, not New York Times, you know, bestseller level, but for a first time author writing a, what is called a sarcastic suburban mystery, uh, it has done really, really well. It's been optioned for television development uh, and that process is moving forward now, uh, but not in a way that I can really talk about it yet. And um, the second book is coming out next summer. And um, because it went to auction, one of the sweet perks was that it turned into a two book deal. Uh, so I finished the second book. I wrote the second book in 2020 during our wonderful pandemic year of isolation um, and, and have been working on other stuff this whole year um, the, because there's no contract for a third book for Putnam right that sure that'll that'll be negotiated or discussed once once everyone figures they have better leverage <laughs> um i'm at the point in my life where i don't care that much about that kind of stuff so it'll happen when it happens um and i just decided to start percolating some other ideas this is um, amazing so yeah, i have yeah. to i have to focus you now we only got about four minutes left because okay. i'm just so fascinated by the by the novel stuff but Please tell us very quickly about Outer Space Men, the uh, Kickstarter, and how people can can join it and and like give me the give me the six word pitch on Outer Space Men. Uh, six words is tough. Uh, Outer Space Men was a toy property from the late '60s. Um, it, it it was uh, meant to be aliens from outer space that that are here to help us. Um, and they were created by color forms actually to work in conjunction with a very popular toy at that time that Mattel had called Major Matt Mason, who was an astronaut figure. But so they wanted, they decided let's create aliens that kids can play with Major Matt Mason, even though it was two different companies. Um, the, the, the comic book is um, aliens from our solar system, but from different uh phases of reality, different different planes of reality, which explains why we can have life on Mars or life on Venus, you know, et cetera. So these aliens from different um, different versions of, of the worlds in our solar system have come to our planet because they need to stop a giant evil force that is looking to collapse all these different cosmic phase planes uh, into one. And, and wow. as a result, unspeakable amounts of people would die every single time there's a phase plane um, collapses um, and they have to help earth um, to defend itself against this threat but the first thing they have to do is get earth to unite itself uh, because they'll never be able to do it apart and we are a world that is far too apart right now um, so the, the irony being the, the, these beings from other planets have to show us how you can work together, even though you are different. And that's an different culture, different backgrounds. That's an amazing concept. Now, people can go to theouterspacemen.com to check it out. 
I know that there's a, a Twitter account, The Outer Space Men. I know there's a Facebook page, The Outer Space Men. Um, where can people find you really quickly? You got like one minute. On Twitter, at Fabian Nicieza is the easiest way to get a hold of me. My DMs are open, so I, I interact a lot with people on Twitter. Um, and, and that's the way to go. And you go to Kickstarter and just put in The Outer Space Men in the search bar, and there will come up the, the campaign launch. Fabian, uh, this has been uh, fantastic. I've really enjoyed talking to you. I can't wait to hear more in the future about all your upcoming projects and the novels and more comics that you're doing. And I hope Outer Spaceman is a huge success. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much for the time. Thank you for, for being a part. Have a good day. Hey, guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Hey, this is Ty Monk, a.k.a. Bruce Leroy from The Last Dragon, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. If you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Hey guys, this is Kari Payton. You're listening to It Came From The Radio, so keep listening. Hello friends, this is Ranger Rob, and I'd like to talk to you about dog poop. That's right, dog poop. I invented Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, a very large bag with handles. My bags support large and small dogs, and smell like lemon. They are strong and affordable. You can find Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags at Amazon. They come in sheets or in rolls, and come with a dispenser. Once you try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, you'll never want to go back. So come join us. Go to Amazon and try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags today. Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From the Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of this show, tough. go to our newly revised website, www.itcamefromradio.com. The archives will be up in a week or so. Check us out on such places as btd.radio, sci-fi.radio, IndieVolt.com, CentralOregonRadio.com. Check us out on our places such as Facebook, Instagram, YouTube page, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google, it came from the radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.